Nicole Garcia, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. We've been talking about kind of doing this since we met. Yeah. And that's kind of where I want to start this episode because it's such an amazing story. First of all, I want to intro you a little bit. Sure. You are a private jet broker, mm -hmm. which we're definitely going to dive into a lot. But I, I, you're one of the coolest people I've ever met. You're one of the most knowledgeable and special people that I know genuinely. Um, that first day that we met was at an event, an Epic Talk yeah, event. Fun. And that's one of the first topics that I really just want to discuss today on this podcast is the importance of networking and how that's led you to where you are today. Oh, sure. So networking gets this bad rap it's this like slimy kind of thing it's almost like when people talk about sales they associate it with like this used car salesman networking has got this rap of like you got to go to the networking event and like collect all these business cards and this that, and the other thing i want to start this off by you telling us what networking means to you so i just feel like i'm always networking naturally I mean, I, my favorite thing in the world is meeting new people and having new experiences and traveling. So I chose my profession wisely because everything I do is about meeting people and going to great places where my clients are. So, I mean, if it's good enough for a millionaire, I, I think it's good enough for me. You know, if I'm going to be leaving for the Grand Prix in Monaco mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the week and I'm going to the Cannes Film Festival. So, I mean networking events yeah but also it's just like cool events cool things to do really cool stuff and so luckily our clientele are going to the top events in the world and so that's that's what i'm doing too amazing and so we met at this event you know for everyone listening here in miami and i remember you just kind of came up to me and were like hey what, what do you do like I'm like, oh, hey, like, nice to meet you and stuff. And, um, yeah, we do, like, social media. And, you know, we create content for TikTok and Instagram and all that type of stuff. You're like, we need to talk. Like, yeah. no, we, like, and, and I felt it. I was like, oh, okay, sounds like we need to talk. We have to. <laughs> and, and, and lo and behold, the next day mm -hmm. uh, we met uh, for a bagel or, or something like that. Yeah. And, and we discussed it. And a few months later, you know, you're one of our favorite clients. We love working with you. Um, and, and shout out as well to JetLux, one of the companies you work for, as well as your own company, Empress Jets. Yes, yes. We're going to be diving into all of this on today's show. Um, but I just want to first really start off by saying how much I appreciate you as a person. Thank you. you know, when I came to Miami fresh and, and when you met me, uh, you know, a few months ago now, uh, you know, I knew nothing about the private aviation space. What is a jet broker? Talk to me about it. Well, now you know too much, right? <laughs> uh, so jet broker, well, before we get into jet broker, because that's going to be like such a whole thing. Okay. But yeah, back to when we met, I it was so nice because, you know, that event was, uh, I think the epic talk of the day was social media, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so they were going through these uh, just different techniques and, and things like that. And I had myself gone through a few uh, social media people who managed my account and I wasn't totally satisfied with them. And so when I met you and you said, that's what you do. And then we sparked a conversation. I'm like, you, 
I don't want to like make anyone feel bad, but you were way more knowledgeable and I felt like you, you kind of like hit the nose uh, on what I needed for myself professionally more than the people I heard on the stage. And so that's why I was very aggressive with you. I'm like, we have to hang out. <laughs> we have to meet. I, I think there's something that we could do here. Cause you know, I was kind of hitting and missing uh, a lot of the time, you know, people were trying to do these like for likes things. I'm like, I never really bought into that. Uh, but content is where it's at. And you know, as a jet broker, uh, there's a lot of really sexy, cool content out there that I wasn't like taking advantage of. So yeah, back to being a jet broker. <laughs> yeah, so as a private jet broker, um, I actually specialize in charter sales. Uh, but um, what that means is basically if you need to fly from Miami to London or Dubai or any, any part in the world uh, where the runway is long enough, I would be the person that you call and I would make all the arrangements on your behalf. So we have a fleet of aircraft at JetLux. So first I would try to put you on one of our planes. One of our planes is not available, then I'm going to find the next best option for you. And I take care of the logistics, uh, just ev everything, point A to point B. You need ground transportation, you need catering on the aircraft. I got you. So that's like our bread and butter. But um, the other stuff we do is sales and acquisitions of aircraft. So you want to buy a whole jet, I can, I can help source an aircraft for you. If you have a jet already um, and you need someone to manage it for you, we'll manage the crew, the maintenance, and put it onto the charter market uh, to kind of offset your cost of ownership by basically renting it out to other people trip by trip. And, and then we have jet card programs and things like that. So it's kind of a vast spectrum of things, but it's all within you know private aircraft helicopters to all the way up to VIP configured airliners. Okay, let's take it back a little bit though for you know people who don't know how do you even get into this space? Yeah. Like, you know, private jet aviation seems like such a niche thing. And for so many people, it's so untouchable. Obviously for you, it's like, this is just my life. This is day to yeah. day. It's like probably normal now, mm -hmm. but it wasn't always. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I get that. I get that question a lot. And I'm always like, how did, how the hell did I do this? Because it is really amazing. And I'm very grateful and blessed to be in this position in life. Uh, I love my job. I love what I do. And I love the people that I work with. Uh, so I started off, uh, well, I went to the University of Miami. And the first job I got out of college was actually as an oil broker, uh, technically a bunker broker. So I was fueling cargo ships, Navy vessels, yacht submarines, and uh, whenever they came into port. So I was very logistics oriented and uh, they ended up asking me to be like head of the yacht department for that. So I'd have to go to the yacht shows and try to meet chief engineers and captains and be like, hey, you need some fuel, man? Like, let me know. And next time we are coming to port anywhere. Um, but we were like physical suppliers in Martinique and Guadeloupe. So um, it was super fun. I loved that job, uh, but I realized I'm like, I want to be a yacht broker, you know? And so I'm, I started looking around for yacht broker jobs uh, and I saw that a company was hiring and I went in for the interview thinking that, okay, they're gonna train me on how to be a yacht broker. As it turned out, there was like no yacht company. It was actually a jet company. Oh, uh, um, like a yacht division type They thing. did not have anything. They, oh. were, they were just tired of giving the business away to the yacht brokers. And so they said, we want our own yacht company. And they saw that I had yachting experience because I also like sail and I race sailboats and things like that. Um, I flipped that in. <laughs> but, uh, so they, they said, well, just learn how to be, just figure it out. And I said, okay. So they hired me on the spot. They gave me a little office and I sat in there and I figured out how to uh, do yacht charters. I flew to France. I got trained um, by like the 
Miba, which is like the big uh, yachting association. And uh, once I got that business up and running, they told me, hey, now you need to learn how to sell private jet charters because it's the same client base. And like, here we are today. All right, so when we first met, um, you know, I was very fresh. I knew nothing about the private jet industry. I've never been on a private jet. I, I, it seemed for me, I mean, it was kind of talking about me earlier. It's like an unattainable thing. It's, yeah. it's far away. Maybe in a few years after running my business, I'll start flying private. But you know, it, it, you really changed my perspective on that by actually inviting us out to a private jet conference in yeah. Orlando. So we actually went to the NBAA, which you can tell us what that stands for. Yes, uh, I, I uh, like forgot. National Business and Aircraft Association. Yeah, yeah, so, so, something like that. So they, have, they have these like uh, um, basically jet conferences where all types of um, you know, every like all these manufacturers, all these brokers, all these different parts of the jet industry are coming together, and I've never seen something like it in my life. First of all, the most corporate event I've ever seen ever, but it was so cool because this just the scale of it. Yeah, I never. It took like 40 minutes to walk from one side of this conference to another. All of these exhibitions, you saw like, oh my God, like. I thought I had a business until I went mm -hmm. there, and then I'm like, no, like I'm like this tiny little ant, <laughs> and these these companies are massive. But we saw some of the coolest aircraft, mm -hmm. met some of the coolest people. Obviously, got to know you a little bit more, mm -hmm. and that's when we kind of first started creating some content together. So, talk to me about what is a jet show and what's the point of all of that. Yeah. Anyways. Well, so a jet show is basically just you know, like you just said, everybody in the industry comes together and, you know, it's nice to meet your colleagues face to face, the ones that you're always on the phone asking for quotes from and, you know, doing business with. So it's a good opportunity for us to all drink together <laughs> and bond and then hopefully do future business together. But, you know, when you were going around the conference, you noted something that uh, stood out to me when you're like, none of these guys do content no one. the way that you do content and the way that we're doing content now which is really exciting because, you know, when you talk about industries that are very buttoned up and, you know, corporate, like you were saying, or you think about trucking industry, like shipping industry, you know, things like that. They unsexy businesses. Unsexy, yeah. Oh, I mean, I love these businesses because these guys fly private, you know, they're blue collar millionaires that mm -hmm. are not like on the curtain, like the Kardashians, like no. on social media, but they fly private. Those are the ones with the real money. The real money, yeah. right? And I, I love a, a rich redneck. They're the best, you know, <laughs> oil people and stuff like that. But, um, but you'll notice that their websites uh, are like just not you. Their UX is terrible, and their social media is like non-existent. And so this happens to be one of those industries that, even though it's like one of the sexiest things you could do, and it's uh, the reason why you think it's unattainable is because it is. It's one of the most expensive things you could do per hour with your time, yeah. with your money, and. Like you, you think about it, it's like $19,000 per hour on this type of jet or 14,000 on this type of jet with a four hour minimum. You know, these are crazy numbers, you know, quarter mil to get to the other side of the world, half a mil, like depending on the plane. So, you know, it is unattainable, unattainable in a lot of respects, but also it's the cost of doing business. So if you're a CEO doing a multi-billion dollar deal, spending a quarter million dollars on a flight to get this deal done, makes sense right the best way you put it to me at the actual conference was for these guys it's like taking an uber 
It's literally yeah. a form of transportation. Same percentage of net worth. <laughs> In a lot of instances, you know, and so it's just part of the business and there's no way that you can go hit three factories or three properties in a single day doing commercial. It's you you just can't, you know, you got to show up at a certain time. You have to go through the terminal and the TSA and all this. And, you know, you've experienced it now. It's like you just drive your car up to the airplane, get on and then you're off. So it is a wonderful way to exist <laughs> it's a very expensive way to exist but um going back to the trade show thing you know you see how much goes into each flight oh yeah there were the fbo's there there was which which for people who don't know what that is what is that fbo is fixed based operator so imagine like the airport terminal that you would go um in in commercial except it's it's like a little area where you'd hang out, wait for your pilot to come and get you when your plane is ready, have some coffee, read a magazine, but that's also where the hangar is, where the airplanes are kept. Uh, some of them have fueling, so that's where the, the airplane gets fueled up. So like the, the hangar is like the garage and the FBO is like the terminal. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was one of the coolest things that I got to experience as well after we started working together was actually going to uh, one of your more notable clients. We won't obviously drop the name here, but, you know, pulling up, you know, getting, getting ready for this person to literally pull up with their, with their fancy cars, put the bags in the plane and take off. Like it, literally the whole thing took maybe 15 minutes from when they pulled up to take off. That's the luxury. That's the thing that these people are paying for is getting their time back. Exactly. And so, yeah, going back to kind of the, the um, FBOs and, and, and the trade show stuff, the amount of stuff that I learned in that weekend about the private aviation industry, like I will forever be grateful for you for that because you really broke it down. You were explaining every type of jet, the, the distances, um, that they go the um, you know how many passengers you can have what uh, you know what type of jet it is based on the the type of windows yeah, like yeah. you know we, we were just soaking in so much information and so that's one thing that I gotta say like Nicole over the years you've accumulated so much experience and such a good reputation mm-hmm. in this in this jet industry right I'm really really impressed with just your knowledge of it all I mean creating content with you mm-hmm. that's why it's so fun and easy because yeah. you know so much about the industry as a whole when you mentioned that you know there's not really a way to learn about it you know so how did you just go about learning all this stuff like what did yeah. you do like so I mean, yeah, when we were walking around the conference, I, I just felt like I was like, blah, 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 jet, 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 here's this and that. I mean, I'm a jet nerd at the end of the day. I, I love it. I, I love learning about the planes. And, you know, we, we have this little game, like this little plane spotting game. And so when we see a plane taking off, we look at it, we're like, that's a Lear 60. Or, you know, so we, it's a thing that we do. And then you check uh, air, uh, what was it? Flight Aware. We check Flight Aware and we're like, yes, so we got it. Nice. So, you know, it's it's a fun thing, and when it's like you eat, sleep, and breathe it. And I learned on the job. I, I was lucky enough to uh, work for a really great company when I first started out, and they're really, really amazing and very knowledgeable. And so I'll always be grateful for what I learned from them. And it's a lot of it's on the job. So I've been doing this for like 10 years. It's crazy. 
And I realized that, you know, every flight that you do, you learn something new, right? Like you, you have this mission that's happening and you realize like, oh crap, I need to get overflight permits or I need to get visa waivers. I need, there's like, I can't go over this country. I have to go around this country. Or, you know, uh, if you have a foreign tailed aircraft, you can't do internal domestic flights. There's weight limits for the back. Yeah, all, all the things, you know? And so all these things you learn through experience. And there's not like a university course, like courses really. Like I, I have someone that I'm training who uh, goes to Embry-Riddle and he said there was only one business aviation course in the whole like aviation school. And, uh, and then I kind of like took a peek and I'm like, wow, I, it's very basic. And so I was really kind of realized my own knowledge base uh, based on, you know, everything that we've experienced. Cause you, you have mechanical problems, you have all these things. And that's when you start learning the ins and outs of the business is through these experiences and then having a really wonderful team behind you to like help you through it because they've been through it themselves. And so now I've become that person uh, to help other people learn what they're doing. And so I'm, I find that I've been training more and more people because, uh, you know, thanks to the social media and uh, and just, you know, I, I put myself out there a lot in general. People have been asking me, like, how do I become a jet broker? How do I learn the business? And so I've been teaching everyone one by, like, one at a time. And it's a little difficult because now we're working in an age where we're not all in an office together, learning from either each other's mistakes in real time. We're all working in these little silos remotely and and so it's tough to teach someone the ins and outs of the business when they're not here there to hear all the mistakes other people are making or learn from learn those lessons and so um i, I told you a little earlier i'm cooking up something uh really interesting i'm creating an online course uh for private jet brokers people aspiring to be in the business like a basically a jet charter broker 101 course because uh, I would like to be able to just say it one time and not repeat it over and over to each individual. So for, I'm creating the whole course outline and uh, recording video modules to, to, teach, to teach the people. Because, I mean, so many people taught me and I'm so grateful for what I've learned and the time that, you know, people really put into me that I want to I want to give it back. That's, that's amazing. And, and that's what I, I love about you know your journey is like you rapidly evolve as well since i've met you to now you're always open to evolving with where the water's flowing yeah like that that's really what, what i'm what i'm trying to get at and this course to me of all the things i mean i i, I really want to dive into all, some of the other stuff yeah. that you're working on as well but this to me I, it's so clear because i've seen it with my own eyes so many times you have these um people who are mentees you know you're yeah. basically their mentor yeah. teaching them everything that you can and even in this in a small way jamie and i like yeah. we're learning so much and you know it's not our business we're not in the jet space or whatever but it, every day every shoot that we're on every event that we go to every hand that we shake mm -hmm. i'm downloading things and i'm like yeah. oh my god this is so useful Imagine if I was actually selling jets or something like that. Like this could be a really useful. Not Sell some jets, man. Let's <laughs> might start a, a deep, you know, deep jet division pretty deep, soon. Deep jets. Deep jets. No, but I see the course. I, I, mm. I think this is going to help a lot of people. And obviously, you know, the more attention we get, you, the more your brand continues to grow. Which 
I'm proud to be a part of, but you know, whether you worked with us or anyone else, uh, to be honest, you're gonna blow up because you you have the you have the the sauce, you have the secret sauce, the formula, and you have the knowledge to put it out there. Obviously, working with a company like ours, we can pull it out of you yeah. and whatnot more time efficiently and whatnot, but that's exactly what you're going to be doing with the course and so there might be people even listening to this podcast or who are going to go check out nicole's content later who are going to be thinking well i was going to get into real estate but everyone and their mom is selling real yeah. estate or you know i'm moving to miami and i'm on my yacht broker girl era yeah yeah you know I, maybe i might actually look into jets oh it's great for yacht girls because i'm also a yacht girl you know i sell yacht charters too exactly so yeah. yeah, I mean, remember I had to build a yacht charter company, <laughs> but the jets—they they sucked me in, and I love them. I love them both, uh, but jets for sure. And you know, there's there's so much like empowerment in it. And I already see the second course now. Coming. <laughs> Got a couple. I spent like way too much time in college, and so I I can I can whip up the course. When you're a professional well. student. It's, it's, I didn't want to graduate. I went to University of Miami. It was too good. I'll, yeah. I'm like, do I have to leave? Can I get another degree, please? No wonder you're so good at networking and partying. I think I got a degree in like partying and then I minored in like psychology and business. <laughs> but but yeah, that was like one of the best things about University of Miami. You know, it's just a really great school that I went to. I mean, I learned a lot, but really I, I had a boss that once told me, he's like, if you went to that school and you left there with no network, you wasted your money. I, I feel that way about college pretty much as a whole now, obviously, especially University like, in Miami and some of these other ones. But, you know, for me, that's like, that's a whole other can of worms that we won't dive into. But I'll just leave it at this. Like, for me, that's I mean, I studied business. I went yeah, to me. school to study business and I didn't. Um, Ask me how much of that I use today in actually running a business. Pretty much none of it, except you could say ability to manage stress mm. and party hitting deadlines that's pretty much it i'm like excellent at standardized exams i can knock out a final exam in 15 minutes but like homework <laughs> well like i mean you could ask me 10 minutes after one of those exams of what did i just do and i'm like i don't even know like i i have no idea but i got it done and i probably did well but you ask me now what i learned in managerial accounting in you know my second year i have zero idea because i pay an accountant to worry about that thing. right anyways yeah. I, 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 I really think that i i always say this i learned more in four years of being a jet broker than four years of college. I mean, not to say I didn't learn a lot because I am grateful, but I do know the accounting stuff so that I can check other people's work. And I do understand finance and that I did understand marketing and stuff, even though marketing today is not what it was back then. I mean, we didn't even have like TikTok and stuff like that. It's crazy to see how the world has evolved since then. But you know, there, it is, it does say something about having a baseline. Cause I have friends who've been successful in business, but didn't go to business school. And I'm like, you, 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 there's a couple things you need to do. And they're like, oh, thank you so much for putting me on to like those couple of courses. Cause then it, it tuned them up for the next level of what they were doing. Absolutely. I mean, there's still value in it. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously being, you know. Yeah, school, definitely. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like something like that. I, I've invested over $100,000 in, in outside of university in courses, mentorship, mm -hmm. learning, 
access yeah. to different programs and stuff. When I was, ex I mean, you probably still view me as this, but when I was extremely fresh in business, I hadn't sold a thing in my entire life, I had no idea what I was doing. And so for me, it was important to learn from the mistakes of others, mm -hmm. download and fast track my uh, my ability to get to you know kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, and that all comes from that. Um, it's life. Life and and it's like self being a self starter enough to invest in your own learning in specific things that like pique your interest a little right. bit. Like you know there were certain business courses that I bought online that. Oh my God, they've probably made me seven figures in value. Like So true, and I love learning. I, I, I love learning. I can go to class. I mean, I, if we didn't have to do careers, I would have just stayed in school, you know? And so I was living in San Francisco for a while. I split my time between Miami and San Francisco. And San Francisco at the time, you know, pre-COVID, had like so many great resources and so many things going on. And, you know, it was like really fun seeing like Lyft versus Uber versus like, you know, the other companies competing with each other. But they would always have like these, um, what are they called? Uh, just these little quick courses that you can take while you're there. So I, I got into like UX because I just felt like it was really important to understand. And I'm like, well, that is really like psychology of the business of selling people and keeping them on your page yeah. and conversions. And you know, what I studied in school is like, I got a, I got a business degree with marketing and I got a psychology degree. And then I minored in English literature and photography. So I'm like, in a way, I feel like I gave myself a UX degree before mm -hmm. there was like UX. Yeah. And that's what those four are. Yeah, it just kind of melded together. And so when I saw that they would have these free seminars and free things going on in San Francisco, I'd, I'd try to hit them all up and go to all the talks, go all the, what do they call them, the, where, where they just sit there all night and they start programming. Um, yeah, the boot camp. The hackathon, oh, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So I learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship uh, that way, like more so in San Francisco than I did in college, but the college is what gave me the foundation. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm really, really excited for this course to come out. And obviously um, when it does, we'll link things and, and try to promote it as much as possible. And, and and we'll film a bunch of content about it as well. That'll be fun. I want to switch gears a, a little bit and sure. talk about Empress Jets. Oh, yeah. Talk to me about what it is and how that all came about. Sure. So, I mean, I was just nerding out over here. I, I, like, I, I came for a stint in uh, Miami. I was living in San Francisco. And uh, I got called out to help do some consulting for a company in, in Florida, a uh, jet company. And at this time, like the blo uh, the blockchain center uh, was opened up in Miami, and everybody was like going hard in the in the crypto and the, the smart contract space, and it was really fascinating to me. And it just seemed like there's something there that can be really useful to the private aviation industry. I didn't know what it was then, but it was like a little worm in my brain. I went back to San Francisco. I came back again and uh, it was in post pandemic and the Bitcoin conference was happening. And it was like, it was amazing. Cause I felt like I was in lockdown for two years in San Francisco, I was miserable. And I, I had to leave and I ended up in Miami. And it was just, I think it was the first conference that was that happened in the country uh, after COVID. And it was like everybody was was in town from California, New York, everywhere. And it was so exciting and it was so fun to see Miami like kind of evolve 
to yeah. when I first left. Some foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what, what's happened now, yeah. Precisely, when I first left years ago, I was like, oh, I'm, I, I need a little break from Miami. It's very like hospitality oriented and, uh, you know, party, but. Yeah, restaurants, parties, hospitality. And a lot of people would come and spend their money, but people weren't necessarily making their money here when it comes to like big wealth in that respect. I'm sure there are a lot, but um, overall I wasn't seeing that. And so when I came back and I saw that, wow, there's a tech boom happening in Miami. It was so exciting. And and then it rekindled this uh, like obsession of mine of how can we upgrade the private jet industry, especially the charter market. And so I started looking into smart contracts uh, and NFTs. And I know NFTs are kind of a bad word right now, but there's like an underlying technology there that's going to serve the world. Oh, yeah, I think so as well. Yeah. And, um, and so I started thinking about the flights themselves, the charter flights. And what if the flight itinerary, the flight itself were an NFT and we can allow people because it's an NFT to buy and sell flights amongst themselves to each other. So essentially anybody can become a broker because you don't need a license to be a charter broker. It's like a little tidbit of knowledge. Uh, but uh, essentially, you know what? <laughs> so I was going down that rabbit hole and what we're creating right now is um, basically a platform where empty legs are being auctioned off direct to consumer from the aircraft owners and managers. Because right now there's so many planes that are flying around empty from like all over the place that are being lost and uh, people just don't know about them. And like I told you, the aircraft managers are not having these sexy websites and they're not really putting themselves out into the public. And so what I wanna do is basically aggregate these empty leg flights and then opening them up to, uh, to the consumer so that these flights are not getting lost and people aren't losing money flying planes empty and people can get like hugely discounted rates on, on their flights. Solving a big inefficiency in the market. Yeah, essentially. And then in the future, maybe we'll go down this NFT route and those flights uh, can be resold amongst themselves. And as an NFT, it can, we could fractionalize the flight by the number of seats on the plane. And so if you book a flight, you could sell seats on the flight to other members. So that's our version 2.0. But for right now, it's like eBay for empty legs. That's really cool. And I remember that in our first conversation together, that's kind of what you were telling me about. And I was like, I, wrapping my head around this is kind of difficult right now because, like, what is an empty leg? Oh, yeah, that empty leg. to me, like, what is even that? <laughs> and then that sounds like something that, why, why are you telling me in this our first conversation about empty legs? <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm a shelter. <laughs> but, but, but all that, you know, all seriousness, I'm like, this is cool. She seems really smart. Like she, I could, I, I speak to people every day, just like you. Yeah. And I'm like, well, like I can see when someone's on to something. And so Empress Jets seems like a really, really cool platform. I can't wait for everything to be ready to go yeah, and, and live. Yeah. Um, do you have any kind of timeline or idea for when this? this well, I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been bootstrapping and when you bootstrap things, they take a little longer. Right. So we're, we're hoping before year's end that we'll be able to launch this um, and, and people can see these empty flights, starting with a few uh, fleets of airplanes and then hopefully we'll- Yes, I'm going for Art Basel, you know? Yeah, yeah, we'll kick it off for Art Basel, we'll have a little special flight uh, right. in for that. But um, but in the meantime, uh, I, I do work for a company called Jetlux. Uh, based out of Dubai, and so I'm director of sales for them based over here in Miami. And uh, what 
what JetLux does is uh, jet management. So it's more traditional uh, aviation stuff. I'm over here, pie in the sky, like, how are we gonna revolutionize the jet industry? Cause I was in San Francisco too long and I need to disrupt things. But uh, but the, bre the bread and butter that every day is, you know, um, what I do with them, uh, we manage aircraft. So we have a fleet of planes, um, we manage aircraft for other people. And um, and then we, we get those planes flying and working for them. So, you know, you have a private jet, your operating cost could be like a million bucks a year on your plane and and, you're, and then you have to fly and maintenance and all this stuff. And so our job is to get it flying when you're not using it so that, you know, you can charter it uh, for these hours and offset some of your operating costs. And, and then we do the charter sales. So. I am available 24-7, which is like a pain in the butt, but you know, this is a life I chose. Now, <laughs> if I'm gonna be flying around the world and living this life, I, I have to be available at any time. So, you know, we get calls all the time asking for, for flights. You know, imagine you have somebody in Russia or someone in Croatia, it's like, mm -hmm. I need a jet today, I got you. It's amazing, and, and you know, I want to give a big shout out to JetLux as well. Cool. They've been amazing to work with. It, it's a really cool company. Um, you know, some of the staff as well, some of the people who work there. You know, Yasin, Dan. Oh, Yasin and Dan. Uh, your shout out to those guys in Cabo. Shout out, you know, everyone uh, on the team. It's it's been incredible working with them and working with yourself as well. It's cool to see a company that's that's willing to take a shot in something that's not traditional, right? Like we've kind of mentioned it a couple uh, times today that like the jet industry is a little bit more corporate, a little bit more, they do things the way that things have been done and we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We don't want to, yeah. you know, TikTok, I don't know about all that. How's that going to make us money, right? But, um, you know, luckily we are seeing that there are people on so social media who are yeah. willing to, uh, you know, spend money on on charters and and you know, buy jets as well. So it, it's cool. It's cool to see, and and you know, I'm looking forward to a fruitful future. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's so different because I started off like I said like 10 years ago, and what? How do we used to sell jet charters? Like smile and dial. We were like dialing a hundred calls a day and you're like, hi, can I talk to Mr. Zuckerberg? No, okay, thanks. Hi, do you need a jet? It's like, yeah. it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, well, I mean, obviously I had better like little little ways in than that, but essentially you're getting a list and you're just like, uh, you ever see Pursuit of Happiness yeah. or Wolf of Wall Street? It's just, yeah. it's just like that, you know, just yeah. nonstop. You don't let the, the, the don't put it down yeah. and just keep going. But I do things differently now uh, that I've, been in the industry for as long as I have. And so majority of the business is like repeat from old clients or referrals from people who've met me in the past, but now it's just, it's not the same game with uh, with the telephone. People don't like getting phone calls. It's annoying, it sucks. And I, I hate it too. And so it's like a lot of text messaging now and Social media, I find that it's uh, been more successful than uh, than the cold calling. It's way higher leverage, mm -hmm. right? You put out a piece of content, you don't know where that's going to go, especially, you know, and, and we don't do this specifically, but I will say ads and, and yeah. email and SEO, and you put all of this together and you have this machine, this engine that's getting you leads, qualified leads, and reminding them that... I, I want to get a Jeff from her. I, I like her. I saw her and I've seen her content. And, you know, if I'm going to get one, I'm going to get one from her. That's kind of the reputation based selling that we're seeing now more 
leveraging a lot of the old principles that I do see value in some of like the old way of like marketing and looking at yeah. things because the principles are the same. Sure. The vehicle and the mechanism is just a little bit different. And so you can put a video out now that gets millions of views and generates you, you know, thousands of leads of those maybe hundreds are qualified and you only need so many of those yeah. close to have a client for life. Right. And to put a dollar value on that, I mean, really really cool intangibles right because it's a reputation that i have now and um that's like mine <laughs> you know and to say what like what you're speaking of before it's like you know there's the cold calling and i'm grateful for that because i got that's how i got my chops and that's how i can speak to people but I remember when we first started working together i was like please don't send a million i don't you're, you guys are you want a lot of views i can get so many views i'm like i don't want all the views please no i just want people to know me and see me who can who are qualified mm -hmm. and can afford my services exactly. because there's nothing more annoying than getting like a million calls a day from people who are just like we oh is it would it be cheaper to like charter a private jet for 20 people than go commercial and that's like the main question we get from people who just have never flown private it's like no it's definitely a lot more expensive <laughs> so much more expensive yeah. but um but it's about like the funnel and um and making sure that you're putting yourself in front of the right people especially when you're like ultra luxe type of service because we i've been with companies in the past that made a mistake and just did a big big blanket of seo and adwords and stuff like that and it just flooded the phones with a, a lot of unqualified people and so it's like you know i don't i don't want to waste my time but also i don't want to waste their time either and so it's better just to be hyper focused yeah more of the sniper approach and and an amazing thing that i've seen i've seen this with my own eyes is that like you combine what you you are doing and we're doing on the social media front with going to the events with leaning in on your reputation and your experience mm -hmm. it's that outlier effect there's not many nicoles yeah. out there you know who people can rely on to get a to z their charter experience to be seamless and smooth and obviously fires come up and things happen yeah. and you have to deal with stuff but i'd rather if i'm going to charter i'm calling nicole because i know she's she's got me covered yeah if I, if it doesn't you know if there's things outside of our control that we can't deal with she'll get me situated yeah. another way things will get sorted out so the, you know i love that i think that there's there's really a lot of value in that we are running out of time on the podcast today i i want to wrap it up with one topic that is not necessarily private jet related but it is something that we we relate on and and i think you know i'd venture to guess that it has a lot to do with why you're so interested in this space and that's that is travel yeah right so <laughs> so talk to me about you know the importance of of travel and getting out of your comfort zone and, and exploring different countries How's that been for you? I feel like um, getting out of my comfort zone is being stuck in one place for too long, actually. I, I get the itchy foot syndrome. I have to travel. And I think it's because of my family. My, my family travels a lot. They've always been that way. Um, and my parents right now are, live in Thailand. My <laughs> dad got a retirement visa <laughs> and moved over there. because so he was like, why are we in Orlando? <laughs> and so... Um, but, but yeah, I just, uh, I, it's a, it's a need, it's a necessity. And, um, so like I told you, I'm going to be, uh, in Europe for the summer and it's going to be an exciting adventure. Hope you guys will join at I some point. Yeah. But my, my family's from Colombia 
and um, I have just was raised all over this country. I was born in LA. I lived in New Jersey for middle school. I went to high school in Central Florida. I went to University of Miami. I lived in San Francisco. So it's like traveling and living these different experiences has always been a part of my life, but I also feel like it's made me who I am and it makes me more cultured person because I can speak to other people about these different places. So I, I don't know how many countries I've been to so far, but um, it's nice to go and hunker down for a little bit. Like I'm gonna go spend a couple of weeks in Egypt with my friends uh, who are Egyptian. And uh, all of a sudden I got a little bit of Arabic, uh, a couple of words I'm picking up here and there, or, you know, I'm gonna go to, to Vietnam or Bali or, you know, wherever it is. And it's very important to me to have these global experiences so that I see like the world through other people's eyes and not just very like, you know, America. America. Yeah, you said it before I did. You know, because I'll go places and they're like, oh, you're so cool for an American. I'm like, hey, I'm just cool, all right? <laughs> but like, you know, people have this uh, uh, preconceived notion about Americans and it, it drives me nuts. But, you know, America is such a large country. And so it's difficult for some people to leave and like travel and explore. Uh, but I made it a point uh, myself to do so. And you find that a lot of our friends in, from Europe or Israel, you know, that's just a that's way of life. Practice, yeah, yeah. Multiple languages, you know, um, that passport that takes you so many places. Where yeah. here in America, a lot of people, you know, and, and shout out to my boy, Brendan over here. I'll, I'll, I'll call him out a little bit. But, you know, uh, he, a lot of people here don't have passports. Right, and so Would Brendan, and, and I'll clear this up. I'll clear the air here. He's got a passport now after 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 you know yeah. some uh, some clowning him for that. But I will say that you know it makes sense. I actually I understand it. You know, do you have in in the United States of America so much you can explore within one wildly massive uh, country you know you talk about going east coast west coast a bunch that's already like you're in so two different. different countries yeah completely miami different. san francisco oh like not even the same not even the yeah. same same country it feels like mm -hmm. right me from canada i kind of feel the same way like yeah. west coast you vancouver versus where i'm from in ottawa sure there's a toronto and halifax all these different places they're very different yeah right and so i i, I share that um you know i love travel getting out and seeing the world exactly like you said through other people's lens and when you come back you appreciate a lot of things a lot more yeah and you're just more grounded i love it i love yeah. travel you know it's one of the most important things ever so just to wrap it up i do want to say i hope you enjoy this this uh, summer in europe i thanks definitely gonna try to come down there and see you Please. um is there anything, you know, that we didn't cover on this podcast today? I know there's a million topics yeah. we can dive deep into, but, you know, it's not that deep, exactly. <laughs> well, what is, is something you want to leave the guests with? Anything you want to share? Oh, boy. Uh, just, you know, I feel very, very blessed and very fortunate to have lived the life that I live, but you really got to not listen to a lot of people telling you what to do um, and to do the more traditional path. You just have to follow your own voice. And for me, you know, I just, I, I wanted to go to UM, you know, it's some, I wanted to travel. I wanted to do all these things, but I, I was being pushed in a different direction. I was like, I was told I should be a doctor 
or a lawyer because you know parents that's what they but yeah now they're like oh this is great we're so proud of you this is awesome but when, we always knew you were gonna do oh, something special but when i was thrilled like you know because i've always had an entrepreneurial spirit so there's always gaps in time where i'm like trying to start my own business and trying to do my own thing but i think it's very important that you know you follow your heart but also like make sure you get a paycheck <laughs> so that you can pay for your no you guys are doing great and i'm super proud of you and jamie and i appreciate having you guys in my life and it's definitely enriched uh what i'm doing and uh, i look forward to doing way more things with you guys it goes both ways nicole it's been an absolute pleasure um not only to work with you to have you on this podcast to get to know you as a friend um and you know really big you've been you've been a really big guide for us in miami so that's one underrated thing that i really want to um you know give you give you your your appreciation for because we came to this city not knowing anything yeah. and you know i i love it it's kind of endearing sometimes and you're like oh how cute look like, you guys don't know shit like you know i i just i just want to say I, i'm really appreciative for you we're gonna work together for a long time for sure you know this is first of many podcast episodes. Yes. So let's hope the next one we have some some even more cool and exciting news to share. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for coming out. It's not that deep. All right. Thank you.